Hey, everyone. Well, thank you for tuning in to the Missing Peace podcast. Hey, I'm Cruz, and this is Jared. And um, hey, we've we've really been enjoying sharing about Jared's book and Jared's oh. journey on on uh, sharing this story and more than this story, sharing this perspective on peace. You know, and so we really hope you've been enjoying it as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. You know, we our heart with this content, Jared, is that everyone who tunes in, everyone who buys your book, is able to discover what they've been missing, yeah. which is peace, right? And bring it into their day-to-day living, right? And um, hey, man, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, how honest you've been in in, huh. in this whole experience. Not just a podcast, man, but as, as, as I've read through your book, um, it's really, really neat to see how you've positioned yourself um, as the author. You know, a lot of authors will come across and be like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm the subject matter expert here, right? Like, I have everything you need to know about this. Right. Um, but you didn't, you didn't really quite do that. Now, don't get me wrong. Your perspective is, is incredible, right? Um, but it's so cool to me, and it's, and it's so refreshing to hear how vulnerable you've been in sharing how you gained this experience yeah. and how you gained this revelation of, of peace. And, you know, we're, we're going to take a little bit of time uh, to, to really dig into that experience a little bit in this episode, you know. And so, um, you know, we, we all face disappointment, right? Every single one of us. We've, we've all had disappointment moments in our lives. We all live with regrets, with those would have, should have, could have. Right. Um, we've all had people who should have been there, but they weren't. We all had great expectations that didn't pan out for us. Right. You know, the truth is we all face regret uh, and disappointment. Um, well, disappointment comes in all shapes and sizes. Absolutely. From, from small to tragic, right? So, and it, and it can come in seasons, it can come in waves, or it can just be a moment. And, and I feel like it's so important to take an entire episode on this topic because disappointment is truly one of the common denominators that we all have. Rich or poor, educated or uneducated, whether you live in America, in Europe. It happens to us all. Around the world. Yeah. Disappointment has, is, and will exist in your life on some level. And way too often, it is not properly dealt with. Absolutely. And way too often, it just completely, like, pe- people don't get past that moment or that right. point of disappointment, right? And, you know, so then the question isn't so much how to avoid disappointment. Right. The question is, what do you do when you get disappointed? You know, and, you know, as, as, I, read, as I read chapter 9 and 10 of your book, right, which, where you share so openly about moments of disappointment in your life. You know, I thought, I thought it'd be important for, um, for everyone who's tuning into the podcast to really just hear, hear a couple of those stories in a cup and, and experience that with you, you know, because I, th- I think what happens is a lot of times people will, f- will feel like they're the only ones right. and say, no, no one's gone through what I've gone through. No one's had their heart broken like I've had, you know. But the truth is, like you said earlier, it visits us all. Disappointment does. And right. so, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to let you drive a little bit more on this one in, in sharing, sharing just, sure. um, you, shared, you shared two very um, key moments of disappointment in your life. One was with your mom and one, one happened with you and your wife, you know, and yeah. so um, talk to us a little bit about that. Well, I, I share a lot of stories, uh, personal ones, that I had to deal with myself. You know, in, in one of the chapters I talk about 
this season in my life where I had six back surgeries and I lived in, well, I mean, on some level, I still live in chronic pain uh, and have for many years. And going through that process, uh, during the fourth, fifth, and sixth back surgery season, uh, Carla was pregnant. My wife, is her name's Carla, and uh, she was pregnant, and but there was a lot of anxiety, kind of nervousness to it, because a couple years before that, we had had a miscarriage and not just what is called a routine miscarriage. Uh, she had a kind of one in a million type thing. It's, it's called a molar pregnancy. And uh, I don't even really remember how to explain it other than to say that at one point uh, after you have this type of pregnancy, they have to test the woman to make sure that her hormones go back down to a non-pregnancy level. Uh, if not, what we were told was that the solution was that they have to have uh, chemotherapy uh, for weeks at a time. Wow. For, if I remember correctly, I think it was six rounds of chemotherapy for three days at a time uh, spread out over six months or something wow. like that. It was years ago. And I, to be honest with you, I try not to remember sure, the details because yeah, it's just not something I want to think right. about a lot. So after weeks of blood tests and uh, really scary results because the numbers weren't going down, we ended up at a person who was called an expert. And I'm sure he is, uh, but he wasn't in our moment. And he walked in. I remember we were at a hospital here in El Paso, and, and he walked in, and he said, well, we need to admit you to the hospital today, and you're going to start chemotherapy. And, of course, when you hear the word chemotherapy, you automatically think of the other word, which is cancer. Now, they never said that, but that's what I heard. And I'm sit I remember sitting in, in the room and looking at my young, beautiful, strong, healthy wife, thinking, what is happening? Right. Like, and so tie that into the pain of, we lost what was supposed to be our firstborn child. And now you, I'm thinking the word cancer. They never said it. But that's kind of what disappointment will do to you. So disappointment will exaggerate. It will expand. It will... Uh, turn uh, what should have been a level two into a level 10, right? Because the hurt and the pain of disappointment uh, clouds your mind. It, it, it blurs the sounds within your head. And I, I remember sitting there and uh, Carla looked at me and she said, get up, we're leaving. And I was like, yeah, I know, babe. You know, the doctor, he, he's going to come back in the room. He had walked out. She said, no, we're, we're leaving. The Holy Spirit told me, that he's wrong. And I was like, what? You know, I just like, no, we, we got to check out. And she said, get up, we're leaving. And well, if you know my wife, it's like, yes, yeah. <laughs> she's a litigation attorney by trade. So it's like, yes, we, we're leaving. So we walk out and I, I remember like telling the nurses and stuff, uh, we're leaving. Um, of course, a couple of them came to the church, right? So I'm trying to be like nice pastor guy, like, I'm so sorry, we're leaving. Um, don't be mad at us also. And so Carla's down the hall and she goes, Jared, we're leaving 
if they need something, they have our address, they'll send us the bill. And she walks out. I mean, she's gone. And I'm like, okay, bye. And I walk out. And so come to find out, we, we left town. And we, went, we found an expert on molar pregnancies. And sure enough, she was fine. And the only thing that happened was when she had the miscarriage, unfortunately, her body didn't flush it. And so she had to have a procedure. And the doctor didn't get everything out. And so her body still thought she was pregnant. She didn't need chemotherapy. What she needed was for the procedure to be done properly. Um, well, fast forward a couple years, and uh, we're in month eight of a nine-month pregnancy with our son, Caleb. And my dad and I had gone on a trip, uh, and we land in El Paso, and a family member calls me, and we were in the lobby of El Paso Airport, headed to baggage claim, and he says, you need to go straight to your mom's house. They found a tumor in your mom's stomach. And I remember just kind of like, uh, kind of going numb maybe, and being very overwhelmed. So sure enough, uh, she actually ended up going to the same doctor that Carla went to in Chicago, and she was diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer. They removed the tumor. And then she went through a process of getting chemotherapy and, and, and such. And it was quite a roller coaster of a season because in May she had the diagnosis. Actually, she got diagnosed on our anniversary, Carla and my anniversary on May 4th. Uh, in June 25th, we had our son. The next week, my mom started chemotherapy. So it was extreme highs and extreme lows within our family. And my mom was a strong woman. She was a powerful woman. This came as a complete shock to everyone because she was the model of health. When you would look at her, she was strong. She exercised. She ate perfect. Um, she took care of herself, she walked with authority, she carried herself, and she was a woman of faith, and all of a sudden, we were given the report of stage four cancer, and she might live, but she's not gonna live a long life, is what they told us. The doctor specifically said at most she has five years. And uh, of course, six months later, she would pass away. And that season became very challenging. And now, not every season is like that. Uh, not every form of disappointment is, is that deep, that painful, but it will come. And your response to disappointment is so important. The Bible says that unrelenting disappointment makes your heart sick. Well, from your heart comes the issues of your life. So I believe that disappointment comes into our life to poison our soul. And if you don't deal with disappointment, again, back to what we talked about in a previous episode, even if the disappointment is justified, you still have to deal with it. Or else the enemy will pollute, will poison your soul for the rest of your life. 
And then let's talk about this. You may be disappointed in one area of your life. Say uh, something didn't work out in your career. You had a failed business. You had a dream, you started a business, it failed. And so you don't deal with that disappointment. You start questioning yourself. You start looking at yourself as less than, as not good enough, not smart enough, as a failure. So that starts to bleed into your new job. And so instead of applying for a promotion that you've earned, you talk yourself out of applying right. for it. Right. Right? Or you talk yourself out of even working hard and going above and beyond, right. which would qualify right. you for a raise at the end of the right. year, a higher level evaluation, or where your boss thinks of promoting you whether you applied for it or not, right? Because of the disappointment of what happened over here. Maybe someone disappointed you in a relationship, a friend, a, a colleague, and they lied about you. They turned against you. And you don't deal with the anger, the frustration of it. And now that starts to project onto your wife or your husband or with your kids, right? Or maybe you have one kid that is more challenging to deal with sure. and, and they turn against you as they grow up and mature and then you project that onto your other kid, but they never did those things that, this, that your older kid did, right? So again, we've got to face disappointment because it will come. And we're not talking about like, you know, you go to Starbucks and they, they put an extra pump of vanilla in your latte. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. We're talking no, we're about talking real, real life stuff. Real disappointment, yeah. And all the way to tragedy. Yeah, to yeah absolutely coronavirus destroyed members of your family's lives to cancer came out of the pit of hell and stole someone from your family or you got fired without cause. Yeah. Well, many times disappointment will come in and it is a defining force. Right. Right. Now, the good news is that even in the face of disappointment, that defining force still lives inside of you. Right how you respond to it, how you face it, how you react. When we come back, we're going to spend some time in chapter 10, which is how to turn disappointment into a victory. A victory. I can't wait to talk about the victory, even in the disappointment with you, Jared. Hey everyone, welcome back to episode five of the Missing Peace podcast. Jared, you were, you were sharing so openly, man, so honestly about some tough experiences and some tough moments of disappointment. And, um, you know, in all of that, the good news is that it can turn around. Right. That's a good news. And it's not just theory. It's your life experience. That's your story. That's, that's your, what we say in the in church world, right? That's my testimony. A testimony, right? <laughs> right. Um, you know, I, I, and that's, that's, where, that's where I want us to, to really lean into right now. You know, you, you quoted Proverbs 13 um, in the first half, first half of the episode, which was unrelenting disappointment can make your heart sick. It'll right. leave you heart sick. But a sudden good turnaround becomes life for you, right? right? It becomes new life. It becomes a fresh start. In in the moments of disappointment, of deep disappointment for you, what turned it around for you? Well, I think there's a few things. Uh, number one is you have to understand where disappointment comes from, and you have to know to respond to it. So 
Disappointment is not from God. God appoints, he does not disappoint. Disappointment comes from humanity and from the devil. Can we pause? Let, let, me, let me stop you there. Let's, I think that's a really important thing for people to understand, that the disappointment, the issue, the illness, the tragedy, God didn't do that right. to you. He right. didn't send it to you. He's not trying to teach you a lesson. It's a big deal, right? Like, right. We gotta understand God is that. good, and he does good. Yeah. And God is only good, not some of the time, but all of the time. Satan is bad. He does bad. He is bad, not some of the time. All the time. All the time. Yeah. In the middle of the two is humanity. And God said in Deuteronomy, you quoted it in episode four, is that he's, I've said before you life and death. So you, it, what, it, what he's saying is you have free will to choose your life. And you choose good or bad. And so in between the good of God and the bad of the enemy is humanity making decisions. Wow. And I believe that, first of all, the understanding that God does not disappoint, that the enemy disappoints, and sometimes us as humans disappoint, says this, that every time your life comes to a moment or a season of disappointment, it is at a crossroad. So in a crossroad, if you're in a car taking a road trip, and it, you, you're on one lane, you're on one road, and then it splits, and depending on where you navigate your vehicle, you're gonna, get, you're gonna end up in two totally different places, right? So disappointment is like that crossroad. And in that moment of disappointment, the enemy wants to make your heart sick. He wants to damage you, he wants to keep you broken, he wants to depress you, he wants to oppress you, he wants to put you into a season and life of loss and pain and hurt. Jesus, on the other hand, the Prince of Peace, the ruler of our destinies, wants you to run or to choose this crossroad where he can restore you, pick you up from where you have fallen. Yeah, he could put the shattered pieces of your life and work them back into perfect harmony to accomplish peace joy and happiness within your life. So in that crossroad of disappointment, you can either run to God or you can run away from God. And that's really the key. And as great of pain or challenge that comes into your life, I tell people all the time, no matter what you do, no matter what you feel, no matter what the circumstance is, whatever you do, don't run away from God. Right. Right. When you don't want to pray, make yourself pray. When you don't want to be at church, get yourself to church. Right. When you don't want to worship, make yourself worship. Even when you don't know what to worship, when you don't know what to pray, and when you feel like you have no business being in church, yeah. make yourself do it anyway. Because if you run to God, he can give you that sudden new opportunity, that new breakthrough, Absolutely. that freedom, that healing, Absolutely. and his power and presence can be in your life, but you've got to run to God. There was a time period when my mom was sick, and I mean, it just went from bad to worse. Every week, every appointment, every email, every call from the doctor, every moment with the nurse, it was just bad to worse. And so she got diagnosed in, in May. She had surgery that month, started uh, chemotherapy and all that. 
And I remember uh, in November, one weekend here in El Paso, she got really sick. And her lungs were starting to fill up with liquid, which of course would then, you know, drown out her, her oxygen supply and she'd have a hard time breathing. So a local doctor would drain her lung. Well, one night he had left and so he ordered an MRI to be done on her and or a, a scan, sorry. So they did the scan and, and his partner, the other doctor came in and said, I believe you need to go to the hospital. Uh, the cancer in your lungs has really spread. Well, no one had told my mom she had cancer in her lungs. And so uh, her lungs began to fill up with liquid again. And that night she had to be rushed to a hospital here in El Paso. She was there for a while and they did a lot of tests. They drained her lungs. They put a permanent drain into her lung. And that night we thought she was gonna pass away I, I think she actually had a panic attack in it. I, I don't know that, we've never talked about it, but her heart started racing. And I just think that maybe she had this moment of reality, I, I, I don't know. And they didn't think she was gonna make it that night. The doctor actually asked, told my dad, I'm not sure her heart is gonna survive this. And I remember her looking at me in the ER and she whispered or she mouthed, I love you. <laughs> Sorry. It's kind of hard to relive that moment. So we made it through that weekend and um, she lived, she was strong. Thank God her, her heart was healthy from all the exercise and eating well. Uh, so anyway, we she got transferred to MD Anderson and uh, she was in the ICU. This very amazing doctor uh, came, introduced herself to us. The next day she came back after they ran their own tests, of course, and she asked to speak to my dad. And so she pulled him off to the side, me being me. Uh, I stepped out to where I couldn't be seen, but I could hear her. And this was in November. And so, uh, the doctor told my dad, look, I'm going to do everything I can, but this will be her last Christmas. So I didn't tell anybody that I heard what the doctor said. I figured that was up to my dad. This was his wife. Yes, it's my mom, but this is his wife. And he could share that with the rest of the family at his discretion. And I just kept it. And so we went on, right? Just went through the process of her treatments and that doctor really did do everything she could. And, uh, well, things got worse. So one night, uh, we went, my dad and I, after those, those hospital days are oh, long. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're just brutal. And it's just bad on every corner. It's bad in your room with the person you love and when you walk out and you see the people in the other rooms, none of it's good. And so we went downstairs to the cafeteria. Uh, my mom had fallen asleep and I think my sister or Carla was with her and we were hungry. And so the cafeteria was closed, except MD Anderson, they would leave the ice cream fridge open. <laughs> Thank God, right? Because like, <laughs> after a long, horrible day, there's nothing like yeah. a little ice cream. And so they had a, 
a fridge of Ben and Jerry's and uh, so we each got some ice cream and we went and sat down and we were the only people in, in the room. And we sat there and, and my dad got up, I think to go get a napkin or something. And I remember hearing within my spirit, the Lord speaking to me, he said, Jared, don't lose your faith. Now in the moment, Cruz, I thought that he was talking about my mom. And so my response was, okay, well, I believe you can heal her. I do. Okay. So I remember saying in my head, I just said, as long as she has breath, I'll have faith. And that was it. So of course, a few weeks later, she died. And we went through the memorial service and, you know, helping with the church and our team and all of that. And a, a couple months later, I remember, I remembered that statement. And to tell you the truth, I, I kind of got angry because I thought that the Lord was talking to me about my mom. And so after a few days of anger that didn't matter because being angry at the Lord doesn't <laughs> do anything, <laughs> he's gone and we're not, uh, I finally said, okay, well then, if you believe that was the Lord that told you that, what's that supposed to mean? And what I realized was, when the Lord told me, do not lose your faith, he knew that three weeks later, my mom would be in heaven. He knew that. He knew the moment her heart would stop beating and her body would stop functioning here on earth and her spirit would go into her eternal promise in heaven. So it, there had to be meaning beyond that. The meaning was, Jared, don't lose your faith for your life. Don't lose your faith. Don't allow disappointment to become devastation. Don't allow the despair that took place in your family to become despondency. Don't allow your heart to become sick. You still have to have faith because I still have a life of peace for you, a life of health, welfare, prosperity, and doing good. But if you lose your faith, you'll give up on pursuing that life. And I think it's so important for people to turn disappointment into victory. You need to hold on to your faith and your faith in what God can do, your faith in who he is. But the enemy wants you to blame God, wants you to be angry at God, wants you to give up on your faith, wants you to believe that the disappointment is, is too great for you to still have a vision for your life. Right. Right. Depending on the type of disappointment, it will tell you you don't deserve to be happy anymore. You don't deserve because of maybe you created, maybe the disappointment in someone's life isn't like the one that happened to me where we had a miscarriage that had nothing to do with me. We, my mom died with cancer that had nothing to do with me. Maybe you were the source of your disappointment. Maybe you created it. Maybe you had an affair and it tore apart your family. So now the pollution within your soul is telling you, you don't deserve to be happy. You don't have a right to have a good relationship with your kids anymore. 
they have every right to be angry at you and it's going to stay that way forever because that's what disappointment is, right? Right. It's a world of it could have been, it should have been. Why did I? Why did God? God? Where was God in this? Oh, I give up. It's too great. The pain is too much. That's disappointment that has been allowed to have authority over the peace of God in your life. And you, you have to face it. Yeah. And maybe someone is watching or listening and they didn't face it, but you can today. Yeah. And you're still at that crossroads. You're right? still at it. You're still at that crossroads. And you know, I, as, as we're, you know, we're, we're coming to an end with the episode. Um, I think that's, that's the big idea. You're, you'll always find yourself at the crossroads to choose the path of disappointment or the path of faith and peace. Right right? Disappointment will say, this is impossible. Right. We'll never recover. We'll never get it back. It'll never be the same. And you know what? In some cases, on our, with our own efficiency and our own capacity and right. our own ability, you it won't. probably is impossible. Right. But you know, the good news is with God, all things are possible. All things. All things are possible. You know, there's you know? a great scripture and, and it says that you are called unto peace. Mm. And I think that's so important for people to hear and to see that God's calling on your life is peace. It is not despondency, it's not depression, it's not brokenness, it is not disappointment. That is not the purpose and the calling of God that he has put on your life. He has declared peace from him toward you and he has called peace into your life. So today, you can choose to run to God. Stop running from God. And no matter what you've been through, no matter what someone has faced or will go through in the future, if you will choose not to lose your faith, God will come in and the power of his victory that Jesus gave every person who believes in him can restore you into your calling of peace, joy, happiness, health, prosperity, and all sorts of good things. But today you can choose to run to God. And that's, that's a beautiful truth. That's a beautiful truth. And that's the peace and the power that you have today that you can choose to say, you know, it's been impossible, but with God. That's right. the turnaround, right? Maybe, maybe disappointment has left you heart sick and has hurt you, but today you can have that turnaround. Turn around and run to God. That's the whole point, right? right? Make the choice for faith and for peace. It might be impossible, but with God, you know? Jared, thank you for sharing so openly and thank you for sharing so honestly. I, I know for a fact that this is going to bless so many people. Thanks. Really grateful for yeah, you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And thank you for writing this book, <laughs> you know? Thank, yeah. thank you thank you for doing this. And listen, make sure you get Jared's book. Make sure you go, you pre-order it. Maybe you know someone that has had this kind of loss in their life and has faced this kind of you know, devastation and disappointment in their life. This is going to bless them. You should probably pre-order it right now. So you can do that by going to jaredneeman.com slash the missing piece and following Jared at Jared Neiman on all his social platforms. The missing piece, man, peace is a game changer, huh? Yeah, it is. Thank you so much for tuning in. Can't wait to see you next time.